Um, I spoke with two young ladies, uh, I mean a young man and a young lady coming in today, teenagers. And I talked to them. And this is all a part of what Paul is going to be telling us in the Word of God about what God is doing with the church. I told them that I believe God will use them to build this ministry up with young people. And here's what God is looking for. Jesus is looking for young people that when the music has stopped, the programs have ceased, that they will still be in love with him because he will be all that's left. And so if you're that person, then you're the one that Lord Jesus wants. Because unfortunately, a lot of people flock to churches because of what they have to offer. Jesus was the only thing that the Apostle Paul had to offer to those new towns where he went and ministered the gospel. He didn't have programs. He, as he told the church in Corinth, and you very well know this, both of you, especially, and Brandon's learning it, is that what he had to offer was the power of God and the word of God by the spirit of God. And we're not, not tainted with human wisdom or fancy human words. That's what took on the heart of the people in Ephesus. Ephesus of all the churches, that town was plagued with demons like crazy. Demas had a stronghold in Ephesus, so powerful that this is the only book in the Bible that tells us how to fight them. It is the only book in the Bible that tells us that there's another world out there that we as a church are responsible for confronting. Until Lord Jesus came, Israel did nothing about demonics. In fact, when Lord Jesus was preaching in Nazareth, a demon-possessed man in the synagogue spoke out. So we know who you are. And Jesus told him, be quiet. <laughs> Come out of him. But no one really knew, uh, not on the scale in which they seen the Son of God did. And every person that came to him that was demon-possessed, the Bible says, every last one of them, he, he cast the demons out. He did not let them remain in those people. And he's given us the same authority to do the same thing. So the Lord Jesus Christ wants people that's going to be willing to sacrifice self in order for his power his name to be known. Is that okay? It sure is. All right. Ephesians, we're starting at verse 6 because we didn't get very far in verse in chapter 2 last time, Ms. Vicki. But however, here, uh, uh, let's look on the King James side. He said, and he has, has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, this is something new. Israel never really understood this concept of 
even though God is in heaven on the throne, how in the world can we be right there with him? Well, it was impossible. But David in Psalms 91, at the uh, very first verse of that Psalms, he said, he who dwells in the secret place of who? Of the most high. That means you can't be bound on earth. You must be aware. In the spirit, before God, with God. David understood this. That was, some even believe Moses was the one that wrote Psalms 90 and 91. We know Moses wrote Psalms 90. And they think 91 is just a continuation of Psalms 90. So now, given that, and the reason why they said that, Sister Andrea, is because who in their time on earth had gone up in a high place and dwelt with God in the secret place on the mountain? Who did that? Moses did. And that's why they think Moses was the one wrote this and using that image. He who dwells in the secret place, because remember, it's important to understand that Moses was on that mountain 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God. And now, he was actually on the mountain longer than that. He was on the mountain a few days before God told him to come on up. He was at a certain level on the mountain, and then God said, come on up. And when he did, he entered into the glory of God, and there he dwelt in the secret place of the Most High for 40 days and 40 nights, not eating or drinking. Why? Because God's presence sustained him. And that's what I believe Jesus is telling us today through the Apostle Paul. If we can just learn, especially me now, and I'm wavering at this of all people, um, if we can just learn to dwell in that heavenly places with Christ in the presence of God, whew, can you imagine what that's going to be like here on earth? And Paul is saying on earth that we're to be like this, that Christ, God has seated us in this place of highness. And another way also to look at this, it's a place of honor. Because remember when people say, yeah, yeah, nobody and you'll never be nobody. But guess what? That, that homeless person that's on the street that you called a nobody. You remember when the Mississippi, yeah. uh, no, no, the William brothers, who was part of the Mississippi Massacre at that time also, said that I'm just a nobody doing what? Trying to tell everybody about somebody and that somebody was Christ Jesus. And, and so people, when they made the music video, and you know I don't like really quoting people, but it, do, it does have a lot, a lot of life truth to it. He said uh, he was on the streets day and night and people would just laugh at him and tell him he was out of his mind. But all he wanted to do was tell them about Jesus. And so what Paul is saying now, I want you to, you Ephesians, I want you to look at your life differently now. You're no longer the lady that works at where you work. You're no longer the sister that lives out in Fort White. You're no longer the young lady that work at Plantation Oak with two kids. Okay? Wherever you are and whoever you are, 
He said, this is what God has done because you love his son, Jesus. He has now seated you in heavenly places with him. Now tell me what devil in hell can touch you when you're seated there. Jump in here anytime y'all want to give some input. Are you understanding this part now? You see how huge this is? That means you are now above principalities, you're above thrones, kingdoms, and dominions, powers, and rulers. Earthly rulers have nothing on you because Christ is now what? Elevated you. And not so that you can have pride, but he's brought you there as his son and his daughter. That's special. Okay. Uh-oh. Do I have to come put in the code? Yep. It's cool. You are it. That's right. You know it. That makes that's a blessing. <laughs> okay. So we're seated with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that's God Himself. That means the Father has now brought us here where He is in the Spirit with his son Jesus. You remember I told y'all last week, Sister Vicki, where he said over in Colossians that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. That's awesome. And now he goes on to tell us, New King James Version, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In other words, the years ahead, God is going to give you more of himself in his son Jesus. You're going to become more like Christ. Okay? Now, there's another reason why uh, Romans 8, 29 is so powerful, is whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be what, Andrea? To be what? To be conformed to what? The image. Let's take that. Image sometimes give us a, a bleep understanding. Throw, throw that out and put the word likeness. So he is, he is doing what? Conformed us into the likeness of his son Jesus so that Jesus would be the firstborn uh, the Greek word there is protos alright firstborn among many brethren or sisters you can put that in there so not that Jesus was born it's simply saying that you have now been born uh, again because Jesus is the first human in the kingdom of God in this new thing called the church. Is he not? True. Well, did he not come here as a human yeah. baby? Yeah. So he is the firstborn of the church. He is the church, yeah. Okay? That's why Paul said he is the head of the church. And you see that in chapter 5, he'll use that analogy very well there. So, we are, Brandy, that we may, that God is going to show us exceeding riches of his grace. Now, we need to kind of untangle that a little bit. Exceeding riches. He's not talking about earthly 
riches, earthly wealth, okay? He's talking about the connection that was made there to tell us is favor. That's what grace is, God's favor. Rich in God's favor. Exceeding means beyond. Okay, the next chapter over in verse 20, he's going to tell you and I that God is able to do far beyond what we're able to what? Think or ask or what? Think or imagine according to the faith that what? Works in us. Well, what does that mean? You cannot limit God. Wow. So I remember when I was driving to see you today, and I knew that the possibilities of this septic tank issue could be astronomical. You know what I did? I said, Father, give me favor today with that septic tank. And guess what? He gave it to me. Isn't that awesome? Yes, He gave it to me. He answered my prayer. And now... Lord God, give me favor also in other areas of my life. Uh, so, King James says that in the ages to come, and just simply say, um, and this is the word right here, and it's an, it's an infinity right here. E, that's eonson. The, the, the last part is called infinitive, and we add the word to. So in the ages to come, Ages is another way to look at, you can either translate it as eternal, okay. or you can translate it as ages or time periods, okay, in your life. So, God through Jesus is going to continue to do something with you, and it's going to fulfill what was said in John 10.10, 10. all right, John 10.10. 10. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and to But I have come to give you life and life more. But what was he talking about? He's going to make you a millionaire? No. Was he going to give you a mansion on a hill? No. But what was he going to do with you? He transformed you from death to life and give you the joy of his Holy Ghost living in you, who have what we call the fruit of the spirit. spirit. You go, girl, you got it. Not spirits. That's not spirits and not fruits. That's what I mean, no, not fruits, fruits. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so that life abundantly is the favor of God in your life. You can still be a dirt poor farmer, okay? You can still be, think about it, sisters. Did you know over half the world population is, is poor than our poorest person in the United States? Yes. Over half the world population do not have what we have. Yeah. And yet, do you know God is performing miracles among them? I mean, countless miracles. And people are actually seeing in the spirit things happening in those countries. But yet we label them as third world countries. But yet they are more modern in the spirit than we 
are. And guess who understand the spirit world better than we do? They do. Because they were worshiping the wrong spirits until the gospel reached them and they placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and now they know about the Holy Spirit, the one true spirit that's above all spirits. So now that they know about him, you know, <laughs> you others get away from us. Okay? And now they're, they're experiencing the abundant spiritual life and there's one missionary, I think I told you all about, Miss Vicky, and I, I don't remember her name, goes around the world to the so-called, as we label them, third world country. I'm just saying countries less fortunate than we are. And she will gather all the children, and she will pray with those children and give them a brief, a brief gospel message, and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they had never heard of him before, and when she present that gospel to them and ask them, do they believe? And those babies say yes. And you can feel the spirit moving with those kids. And I seen a video on it. And uh, then she tell the village people, go bring me your deaf. Go bring your blind. Bring your, bring your cripple out here. And they would. And guess who she had pray for those people? The little children. And guess what happened? Yeah, but here in the United States, we go there and like, uh, uh no, don't lay hands on me, don't touch me, no, and a child going, Jesus can do this. Abundant, exceedingly blessings, favors of God, and because once you make another connection here. The first sermon that Lord Jesus preached, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It is a series of blessings. You think the Lord did not come to fulfill his word, that series of blessings? How is that done? Through Christ Jesus. When you are seated in what? Heavenly places, then God the Father do what? exceedingly work in you and those blessings begin to what manifest, manifest. wow are you, are, you, are you able to see this now I'm not saying you didn't see it before I'm just are you able to catch it so uh, so the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus because one of the things that the prophet Isaiah received from the Holy Ghost about this coming Messiah is his name. What did Isaiah say his name would be? And the angels gave that name also to Joseph. And it's recorded in Matthew chapter 1. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Well, wow. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it, the Word dwelt among us, and it became what? Yeah. But I had it backward. It became flesh and dwelt among us. So that meant God just manifested himself to Israel. 
into the world. And so God is with us. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, when he came, who would actually end up being him, he would never leave you. Continually to fill the prophecy of Emmanuel. Wow. Wow. Do you see that, Miss Vicki? And I look back on these old prophecies and I'm going, man, God has given us a roadmap to himself. Jesus is the roadmap to God. So, Brandy, in verse 8, it says, For by grace ye are saved through faith. That word through come from the Greek word there, dia, over here, uh, Sister Andrea. Sozo uh, is the Greek word for salvation or saved. So it says here, for you are saved by grace through faith. And it is not of yourself, but the gift of God. So now, little unpacking to do. Ready? You are saved. Did you know the name Yahshua is mentioned in the Old Testament multiple times? And it's listed in ways in which you doesn't think you don't think about. Here's some of the ways. And he saved them from whatever the enemy was. He assured them from the enemy. Did you get that? Maybe it just wasn't a good example. Yeshua means that he rescued them from their enemies. Okay? So when I seen that one day, I go, wow. So God has been Yeshua in Israel a whole lot until the Messiah showed up. And then he really Yeshua them. Same thing for you and I. Every day, the good Lord assures us from ourselves and from other things. Am I right? Yes, amen. So Jesus, being Yeshua, makes sure that you are Yeshua. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> so in verse 8 here, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, you see that silver piping up there? That's a conduit. What's inside that silver corrugated pipe up there? Wires. What's in the wires? Electricity. Uh-huh. But is the wire itself electricity? No. It is just the pathway in which the Electricity does what? Travels. Travels. Okay. Well, faith is the conduit 
in which God's message of salvation of Yahshua comes to us. That's why faith doesn't save you. Yeshua does. Faith is just the way in which he brings himself to us. Okay? And that word therapistus is can be faith or believe. Okay? Yeah, it's the same word. Yeah. So we're, we're saved through faith. Why? Why is that important to know? And this is not from yourself. As I said of the Greek, it's not, it's not from you. Uh, that goes back into John chapter 1 in verse 13, where Jesus had John write that in verse 12, he tells you and I, for as many as believe in him, okay, on his name, he gave them the right to become what? Sons of God. Okay, all who believe in him and call on his name. And then the next verse says, it's not by the will of the... Ms. Vicky, are you there? Go to John chapter... I was at, I thought it was verse 12 in Ephesians, but... No, no, no. John? Yeah. Go to John. We're going to do a little toe tapping today. John 12? John chapter 1. Oh, John 1. Yep. Verse 12. On 1-12. And then we're going to look at 13. And might as well look at 14 too. What does uh, 12 say? But as many as received him. As many as received him. To them gave he power. Katabino means to personally grab a hold of. Okay. Become the sons of God. He had given them the right or the authority. The word is not power. That's not dunamis there. He has given us the authority to become what? Sons or children of God. God. How, why, he say? Finish the rest of the verse. Even to them who believe on his name. Even to them who believe on his name. Other words, put faith, put trust in his name. And then the next verse says what? Which were born not of blood. Which was not, was not born of blood. Other words, this is not an earthly thing. Nor of the will of the flesh. The will of the flesh. Oh, a human, human, human mind had nothing to do with this. It was no human decision involved. Nor of the will of man. You got that? He took, he just removed man out of the equation altogether. We had absolutely nothing to do with this. This is all God and God alone. But of God. Okay, you got that? Now, Miss Vicky, why is it so important to understand verse 13? You know why? Because it, it, it catapults you back to the Garden of Eden when God is talking to the serpent. He said, I will place enmity between you, between your seed and her seed or descendant, and he will, he said, you will bruise his heel and you will do what? Bruise or crush his head. Did you know that was God's plan of salvation right there? God just unfolded his plan of salvation. He gave it to the devil first. He said, I'm coming to get my children back. 
That's why it's so important to understand the word redeemed. Redeemed means that we had to be purchased back. Why? Because the, the enemy of God had now owned us. And through the blood of Jesus, Jesus purchased us back. That's why we're blood bought. That's why Peter said we were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but by what? But by the precious blood of the Son of God, that is Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see how this come together now? Isn't it amazing that the puzzles, the pieces there, even though they are many, yet they give us one beautiful holistic picture of what God is doing. And it is a living puzzle. That's what we have to understand. It's not like a puzzle that you put together today. This puzzle is a living puzzle. And each piece comes from an, an epoch, okay, of time. And that means an, epi an episode of time as God lays out each generation, a piece of that puzzle is put together. So it is a living puzzle of God. Does that make sense to you? All right. So here we have it. So you're saved through faith, that conduit in which God travels. And this is not from yourselves. You humans had nothing to do with this. Just like we had nothing to do with us being created. Because just listen, listen carefully. That day in heaven when God said, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness, okay? He said that, as Moses recorded in Genesis, we know it as Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Equally, it, the same thing was said by God, let us save man by ourselves. No other person had anything involved to do with this decision. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in agreement to save us. Because can't you see they're all at work? Just as it was in the beginning when God said, let us make man in our image. The Father also said, let us go and redeem man. And the Son would be the conduit in which that would be done. Okay. Let's look on further. It is a gift of God. The Greek word there is duron from didomai. It means to give something. Okay, it means that, Tully, I have a gift for you that is so invaluable that you cannot put a price on it. That's what salvation is. You cannot purchase it. Why? Because it already been purchased once and for all. Never to be sold or bought again by sin. So, remember Romans 6.23. I want to clarify that last statement I just made too. Not sold or bought. Um, listen to me carefully. Romans 
For the wages of sin is what? Death. What did God tell Adam in the garden in Genesis 2, 17? He said, from the day, he said, the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. That is the wages of sin. But Paul threw a conjunction in there saying, he said, but the tides are going to change in your favor, human race. Jesus, by God, turned the tides away into your favor. Well, what is that? But the gift, the gift of God, as Jesus said in John 3, 16, is so compatible for God so loved the world that he gave. And the Greek word there is, I believe, probably the same thing there in a sense from Deuteronomy. that God gave his son Jesus as the gift of salvation. Okay? Now, so God loved the world in this manner that he gave his only begotten son. So, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Jesus is that gift. Jesus is the eternal life given by the Father. And John would later write in 1 John, Chapter 1, he tells you and I that eternal life that was with the Father was manifested. Mm-hmm. What? Eternal life that was with the Father was what? Man. Manifested. God gave the eternal life. He brought it to reality. He brought it from heaven to earth mm-hmm. and gave it to us. Well, what does that mean? Emmanuel. Yes, God is with us. The gift is Jesus. Yeshua. The salvation of Yahweh or Yahweh saves. Depending on where you want to play with the, the verbs there. Okay? So, look at it again. Yeshua. Okay? Jesus, the salvation of God, which come from Yahweh, the self-existent one who reveals himself. Okay? God came down and manifested himself. No one had seen God like they saw him up on top of that mountain. No one saw the glory of God like that before on earth. And the Israelites had God packaged all the way down into a person called Jesus, what they saw up on the mountain, we saw his glory, the radiant fire, as, as it says in Exodus chapter 24, that our God, he said to the children of Israel, he was like what? A consuming fire on top of the mountain. And it says in the end chapter of Romans 12, our God is a consuming fire. But that fire, our God, came down in human form. And we call him Mary had a little... Ah, yeah, right. Okay. But here we got Jesus, the Son of God. He is the gift. He's the package. He's the grace. He's everything that God wants for mankind. 
I can feel my heartbeat. <laughs> now, this is so good, Sister Andrea, because this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to study the Word of God line by line, Amen. precept upon precept. Understand these words. What do they mean? And so by grace you have been saved, okay? Through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America and, and world. If you think you can earn your way to heaven, you will not get there. Amen. You have fallen short and fallen from grace. Because works, that's what the law was. The law required what? Works. Yeah. Paul said those who want to fall back under the law have now fallen from Grace, the favor of God is no longer upon their lives. In other words, they are hopeless for salvation because they have no longer placed their trust in the Son of the living God. And that's a horrible thing. And so tonight as we are seeing, I don't know what the time is. People, y'all got to keep me on track there. Brandon, what is the Huh? Okay. Uh, so it says here, this is not by works so that no one can what? Word. Boast. That means brag. Look what I've done, God. I've done this. I've done that. And I sold all my goods. And I fed the poor. And I had my body burned. Okay. The Apostle Paul had a lot to say about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When he talked about, if I do not have charity, I have what? Nothing. He said, even if I gave my body to be burn if I gave sold all my goods he said I still have nothing because those are works of the flesh okay but if I don't have love what do you mean love for God love for Christ love for your fellow man okay because salvation is the love of God given to us that's why John 3.16, what is it, one of the first words? For God so love, so love been there from the beginning, okay? Yeah. I know, I'm a little warm to this. No, I think it's just... No, no, I, I am warm. Um, so not by works, Sister Andrea, unless some folks go around bragging. And you know people like to come in your face and say, Pastor, look what I've done. You know, and, and I, I, I have to make a confession here. Uh, I really struggle with that one myself, and I have to often ask God to help me not take his glory. Because I like for people to see what I do. And I, and I work hard at not uh, putting myself to the forefront so people can see me rather than Jesus. Because Jesus says... Let your light so shine let and do your good deeds before men so that they can do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Okay, so if you're doing the work for self, stop. But if you're doing it for him, it's cool. Salvation doesn't come. You can't work. You can't earn your way to heaven. So you folks out there that's been told these things, you got to do this for the church, you got to give money, and you got to put in this number of hours, you know, don't believe that stuff. None of that stuff have mean a hill of beans for salvation. Jesus stretched out on that cross, 
when it said it is finished. That was all it took to save us. The Son of God dying on the cross for our sins. And glory be to God to show the world and creation that he is God's son. God raised him from the dead. Woo! Giving the devil a black eye. I love it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, we'll do one verse. We'll stop. We'll pick up verse 11 next week, but we'll do verse 10 here. So we are God's workmanship. Do not ever forget that you are a working product of God. Even in our failures and our fantasies and even in our faults, our weaknesses and all, we still belong to God. When God saved us by his son, Jesus, it was all his work. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be what? Born again. From where? From above. So it's all the works of God, as Paul said earlier. It is the gift of God, it is the gift of God, it is the gift of God. God is doing this work in us, okay? Uh, Sister Vicki, you cannot transform your life. You cannot change your heart. As much as you want to, you are not capable of changing your nature. Only Jesus can. And he did it by shedding his blood, washing that sin nature away. Same thing for Sammy. And I still struggle with that at times about not being good enough of God. Always failing, always sinning against God. But I have to remember it is Jesus who's going to present me faultless and blameless before his presence. The word there says his holy. He's going to present us holy before his presence. So you and I are incapable of presenting ourselves to God in such a holy fashion in order for God to accept us. God's son has already done that, and he's still doing it. One of the things that we need to know about tonight and be constantly reminded of, that God's son, Jesus, our loving Lord, constantly intercedes for us. That means he's praying to the Father without ceasing. He's that advocate, that lawyer, okay, that stands between us and God. He pleads our case with the Father. We can't do that, but we can certainly come to the Father through Him. Okay? Now, so for we are God's workmanship, and that, that makes you special. Amen. That makes you and I special. That makes little Abby special. That makes us more special than any other human on earth. When we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are God's workmanship, okay? Created in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? Created where? In Christ Jesus. That means we are all a part of him. That's why Paul would later, under the Holy Ghost, call us the body of Christ. Over in Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthian church, he said, we're members of his body okay and since we're members of his body that means we are part of him and we were created in him to for what for what good works excuse me good works signifies a couple of things there let's talk about one number one your life is no longer the same you're trans we are a transformed people did you get that? I mean, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have changed us. We're no longer walking dead people. 
the Spirit of God lives in us. And he said, Jesus himself said in John chapter 6, verse 63, it is the Spirit that quickens. The word quickens means to give life. Okay? So that's the first part. Jesus Christ to do good works. And the other part is literally ergo. Works means to, Miss Vicky, you got to get up and do something. I mean, God do not have or does not have lazy people. And again, it purports us back to the garden. Okay? When God told Adam to do what? Till the ground and name the animals and take care of them. Well, there's a new paradise. It's called the kingdom of God on earth. We got to work in this garden. Amen. Okay? So it shouldn't be any surprises to the children of God around the world uh, to know that we have to work. You just can't keep going to, going to the assembly, which we call the church, the people of the church, but the assembly are the congregations that we come into. We can't just keep going there and eating spiritual food and getting spiritual fat and then don't work at all. And the Apostle Paul, even though using this term for physical food, he said if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Uh, shouldn't the same thing apply spiritually? Why should God give you all his benefits and favor if you're not going to work for him? Huh? Is there not a parallelism there? You got the work. He just told you. You're created for good works. All right? And so to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh-oh. So God had already made up his mind that his church was going to do what? Work. So where are the workers at? Where are you, Mr. and Mrs. Christian? Where are you? Disciples of Jesus Christ? Why does the preachers and teachers and all have to beg you to come and work in the kingdom? I'll use a phrase that my wife used, and I said, I can't believe you're using a young people phrase. Here it is. Just saying. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Which God has before ordained. Mm-hmm. Now, you, that's where you're saying it goes back to the garden. Yeah, ma'am. That so means. Switched over to doing the work of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. After Jesus came. You got it. Because remember, when he created Adam, he created Adam to work. Right. Now you have a new creation. You are a new creation, so it is not dissimilar. You got the second Adam. So created for what? Good works. So you got to work. Is the first Adam had to work? We got to work. That's why the Jews were doing their works. Yeah. yeah. They were working according to the law. But Paul said, we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace, God's favor. Mm -hmm. Remember, the, the angel gave the gospel message to the shepherds abiding in the field that night. Mm -hmm. He said, those angels sing so marvelous that night. Were you there playing the piano for them? <laughs> anyway, 
stairs here? You, you know what the angel preached in that sermon? Is the heavenly choir also sang that? It says, peace on earth and goodwill towards men whom God favors. I didn't know it said that, did you? No, absolutely. Oh, no, you don't. You got to look up at the screen. <laughs> I got to come over here, Brandon. We're going to close with this. Because I, I need to come right here. I need to go to the Greek a minute. Okay. Here. What was that? I hear you talking, Ms. Vicky, but you can't come I was, in. I was just saying that's because the song is peace on earth is will for men. It doesn't say whom God favors. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know you over there thinking. Mm. Yeah, you, all y'all were born in Missouri. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's a good got it. <laughs> okay, look look up here. Where it says here. Uh, it better, I better hurry up and get the right chapter. I had them backwards there. Let's see. So, so it was that while they was there, the days were completed for her to be what? Delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth. That means they were wrapped around him tightly and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be towards all people. Now, that's where King James stops at. All right, let's go to verse 10. And this funny looking language. This funny looking language. Okay, verse 10. Let's put it, let's put it to the top. And okay. Now Happiness calls the object, and then it was saying proclaim. Okay. Let me go back to the English here. I just lost my train of thought. That happened to anybody? Huh? Okay, it's verse 14. Goodwill towards what? Men. It says here, glory to God in the highest is called a doxology, and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see here in the second one. Well, you got to understand in those days it was a masculine language. Okay, they, wasn't, they were not excluding. It was understood that it include women and children. Okay, peace right there. This is earth. All right, and this is men, and it's in the plural, so it means a human race. Okay. Okay. 
Look in the box down below. Eudekiah, goodwill, pleasure, favor, desire, purpose, and choice. So putting those in the Greek uh, grammar rules, it should have been translated peace on earth and goodwill towards men whom God favors. Okay? Whom God favors. So, King James, some translations actually put that, they put it correctly. So. So it's not to all men. It's just to the ones that believe in him. Look toward him. Or is he saying that God favors all men? No, it says to whom God favors. Yeah, so that there's a selection then. Correct. I just got that. <laughs> that means it's a selection. That means you got to be willing to open up and allow the gospel message to come to you. And as you yield to the Lord Jesus Christ, God what? Favors you. Yeah. And it's something I'd like to share briefly is I, where I work at. I went there for one reason to supplement my retirement check. Pure example. Mm -hmm. I needed some spending money, and that retirement check wasn't going to allow me to spend. It's like I was accustomed to spending. Okay. So I went there solely, solely to supplement my retirement check. And to do this job, they say I had. So I think I can do that with my eyes closed because I've done stuff like that all my life. So that, you know, monitoring people that was walking apart with my eyes closed. Kick back, no, no words, nothing. Walk into the position, get in there real good, and I'm doing something totally different now. I'm doing stuff that the first people all who have came before me never did some of the stuff I'm doing. I was looking one way. God has used me to create so many different things and do so many things. And I get the ministry with so many people. I started the prayer, prayer circle. God has used me, no blur of my own, to start the prayer circle where people don't even confess and that they even knew Christ. Blessed boys were going to get a life to him. I've seen five people get a life to the Lord. So that reminds me when it say that workmanship that he's created. So I tell people this all the time. When we be looking in one way, here comes God saying, I didn't really just put you there to supplement that retirement check. I really got this for you to do. But if that's what you want to think, why get you there? We're going to think I just want to supplement your retirement check. Because he's used me for something totally different. I'm amazed when I look at that position of how God has used me. And I've seen a lot of the fruits of that. But I do want to encourage you, though, for something that you did say one day. And you said when the person said, hey, have the pastor come join us. Lord, help me to say this in a very kind and gentle way. God's children are there. And it's okay for anyone to join in prayer. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Pastor Sam. We're going to just have to disagree with that one. It's cool. Okay. Because God, I don't think God would exclude anyone from prayer at that time. But, you know, if that's the way you feel about that, and we won't make an issue out of it. How about that? No, we won't. No, we won't. So, anyway, as we look at this, Paul is giving some great insight into the heart of God, isn't he? Yes. And, Brandon, we're going to close out. You shut it down. I, I can't thank Jesus enough for allowing us to be here and cover these things today. And Sister Andrea, you keep on doing what you're doing. 
because the Father is pleased you're working. Yeah, in the whole ministry. I was looking, saying about something else that happened in my life. He gave me a whole ministry. And there it is. <laughs> he gave me a whole ministry. Some of those folks that come through there, you'll never see again. I know. Because that's a very transient place. Yeah. And so. Can I pray? Can I close up and pray? You sure can in 30 seconds. Don't count 30 seconds. Any questions? We didn't get very far once again, did we? Oh, well, it was good. I just like to throw that out. Father, I didn't mean to quench the spirit by saying it to Andrea. I apologize. I should have pulled you off to the side and discussed that. Okay. I'm publicly making an apology. But you're all right with me. I'm the whole world. <laughs> okay, before the whole world. Okay. Um, you ready to tell the world that Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus is the only way, is the only way in which, in which you can be saved. In which you can be saved. Okay. Now pray. Close us out in prayer, please. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us have the opportunity to have this Bible study. Thank you for letting us have the opportunity to have an, some more days to live. Thank you for letting us have a nice Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Woo, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs>